Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. You know, our aim here is to keep you informed about all things commercial real estate. Well, I recently had the opportunity to speak at the National Association of Realtors Conference and Expo in Chicago. I also interviewed the movers and shakers there, the speakers, the people doing presentations. So in this show, I want to bring you a best of, some of the highlights from the convention. I talked with Chad Curry. Chad is with CRT Labs, and I talked to Chad about the importance and benefits of wellness for commercial real estate, including some examples that you can use in your space today. I also talked with Duke Long, and he shared some tips about utilizing the best technology uh, for commercial real estate business, and also talked about social media. You know, Duke does his top 10 uh, people to follow in commercial real estate and social media, and uh, I was luckily part of the top 10 again this year, and I asked Duke about some tips, if you'd like to be in the top 10, some tips for social media. I also talked with Lou Wynn about foreign investors, and she shared some tips about working with foreign investors and some tips for foreign investors looking at U.S. real estate. You definitely want to hear my interview with Andrew Lomo, and he is with IRM, Institute of Real Estate Management, and he talked about some of the latest things to watch out for related to fair housing and rental properties. Now, my first interview is my favorites with Jean Madej, and she's with the National Association of Realtors. She heads up the commercial division, and she talked about the benefits of working with a realtor who is a member of NAR. You know, if, you're a, if an agent is a member of NAR, they have a lot of tools, and they have a lot of resources, and we talked about that, including some benefits if you're not a realtor, if you're not a member of NAR, to think about it. So here's Jean and the rest of the interviews. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We're at the NAR Conference and Expo in Chicago. We have Jean Madej here. She's Director of Commercial Real Estate with the National Association of Realtors. And there are a lot of benefits for commercial real estate practitioners here at NAR. And Jean, I think a lot of people in commercial real estate may think of uh, realtors as residential only, but there's a lot of benefits for commercial folks here. Sure, absolutely. And really about a third of the NAR membership conducts commercial transactions. We really try to focus our efforts in four key areas, advocacy, education, research, and technology. So most folks know we're fighting for homeowners, uh, for homeowners all the time, but we're also fighting for business owners and for our commercial practitioners who are working with those clients. One of the most important um, uh, tax reform issues right now is uh, mortgage interest deduction. But on the commercial side, the 1031, we've got to make sure we protect that because in a room the other day, we had an entire um, committee full of members, about 60 strong, raise their hand saying they're working on a 1031 right now. It is one of the lifebloods of commercial investment and how um, investors move up that ladder chain. So advocacy is really something we're doing nonstop every day, not just on 1031s, e-commerce, um, the issues, there's 20, 30 issues deep yeah. to that. And you guys do a great job, and I think you've made some headway with the 1031, right? Yeah, we think that um, right now we're, we're in okay shape, but we're still focused on education mode um, with that, making sure members understand um, 
why and how that could impact their business. Um, so we are we are not you know we're not going to back down just because we're not sure it's written into the tax reform tax reform um, proposals right now doesn't mean that it won't come up. So it, we are on constant um, watch with that one. And talk to us about some of the education available that people have an interest in commercial. Sure. Um, well, there's two different things we 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 really focus on. One, if you are a residential agent out there and you are interested in commercial real estate. Don't start doing it unless you know what you're talking about. You. It really is important to the code of ethics that you do what you know and you don't do what you don't know. So we have a great class called Discovering Commercial Real Estate, um, offered through the Center for Realtor Development online with CE credit in most states. It's a great foundational class for someone to just get the basics of what commercial real estate is. And from there, you can move into any of the education that's offered through our institutes, societies, and councils. CCIM has some great beginner classes. Foundations um, for Success in Commercial Real Estate is a number one class to take if you are ready to make that entry in. Um, and if land is your thing or property management, both IRIM, the Realtors Land Institute, have great introductory classes as well. And um, of course, SIOR has, has resources for office and industrial. So there's a whole host of educational opportunities. Yeah. That's, that's a very good point, and you have to get educated. Uh, I think a lot of people fail in commercial real estate because they didn't get the tr proper training. Mm -hmm. A lot of it available through uh, NAR here and through the subsidiaries like CCIM. Now talk to us about some of the technology that as a commercial member that you'll get to uh, use. Yeah, so um, I can't talk um, highly enough about RPR on the commercial side. There is so much great data in that um, platform on properties, and then you get to layer, uh, there's demographic data layered over that. Um, so to pick out a location for a, a client um, who's looking for a new office building or a new retail space, um, you can run analysis reports, you can brand them with your own, your own brand, your um, firm logo, your franchise logo, whatever is you customize those reports, um, doing an analysis on a market area, a trade market area, to find out does this, in my case, shoe store fit this, this particular location or not, or would it be better, better put somewhere else? Um, RPR is a free benefit, and a lot of members still don't know, yeah. still don't take advantage of it, yeah. um, and you probably are paying for some of that information yeah. through other services that you have, and if you um, are interested, you just have to go to NARRPR.com, click on commercial, and you can enter into this world of resources and check it out. There are, and there are weekly, um, I think weekly or bi-weekly webinars um, that help get you um, started on that platform. Yeah, yeah, and if you, yeah, and if you haven't seen it, it's great. Uh, it's a great tool, you ought to be using it. And, and if you're not a member, become a member, uh, if, if nothing else, for that one tool. Right. But there's a lot of other benefits. And one of those benefits is, is your national events right here. So we're in Chicago, yeah. there's a big commercial section. What, what, what is new here? What might surprise people that are in commercial about the event this year? I think um, we're more on the map than ever. Uh, we've had a lot of folks that didn't know that NAR has all these commercial resources. Um, we've got a learning theater this year that is um, with a full slate of, of programming every half an hour on the hour. So if you can't get out to an education session or you want to get a little taste of what commercial is, you can drop in there. Um, We've got some great new vendors that have um, chosen to exhibit with us this year. And one of my favorite things is the Plant Globe. Um, yeah. We have this awesome um, uh, structure that our Center for Realtor Technology Labs built, CRT Labs, and, and really out of parts from Ikea, um, and some plants, and the plants have um, 
uh, have been chosen because their their air quality, what they can do for the air quality, basically they're very beneficial. Um, it ties into a, a new resource guide that they've put out, um, and we've had more people asking us, can they buy it? How do I get one of those? Um, and they just want to sit in it. And I had one woman come to, to me and said, I, I feel 10 years younger, and I said, well, I think I'm going to go in there now and sit down <laughs> after Ethan. Um, certainly, you know, it ages you walking around the show floor on your feet for four days. Yeah. Um, so it's a nice refreshing, get some fresh air, and and that's a really nice interactive opportunity. Yeah. And that's really what we're trying to drive is interaction here. Yeah, yeah, this globe is, is awesome. I sat in there, and you do feel you do feel good in yeah. there. It's, it's it's amazing. Well, great event. You, you guys have done a great job again here this year. I love the location, the commercial section. It's been busy. When I spoke, there was 138 people there. They love the information. And I think uh, if you're if you're a commercial real estate, come to the event next year. It's in Boston. Gene, uh, great event. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much for being here too. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Build out the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit BuildOut.com. Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We're at the NAR Conference and Expo in Chicago. We have Duke Long here with us. He's with Rex, a CRE tech company. How is this event going for you today? It's been fantastic. I have a panel later on today about blockchain. I've seen some of the tech companies that I've been involved in or interviewed or worked with. WeWorks here. I just did a kind of a meeting with them about their brokers and their broker referral thing. Who else is here? Um, build out. Build out. My boys build out. Stand right behind me. Vishu and the build out people. They're fantastic. And we've been walking around, hitting some of the booths, and it's and getting some of the sessions. I've been having a great time. Yeah. So what are you going to talk about uh, in your panel today? Well, we're going to talk about blockchain itself and try to basically explain what it is. And when I say explain what it is, we're going to have different points of view from like the state of Illinois, Cook County, and some of their title stuff. We're going to have. Stephen from Rex talk about blockchain more in general. We're going to have it be what's how's it, what's the word I want to use? We're going to make sure that we get everyone at least understanding what it is, what it is as a utility, and how it works. That's kind of what we're going for. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are interested in it and would uh, like to attend that event. And so, what would you tell our our audience? In a I know in a short period of time, it's probably hard to do, <laughs> but our commercial real estate audience about blockchain. I think that it. Again, first of all, we're way at the beginning of the cycle. It's going to be fantastic five or six or seven years down the road because it is changing the way that we'll be able to do transactional stuff and gain uh, ideas about the information about the marketplace itself. In the next two or three years, I think it's overhyped a little bit. And when I say overhyped, everybody thinks it's going to happen like tomorrow. It's not going to happen tomorrow. So we're, right now, we're building that infrastructure to help you see what your property data is, allow you to crypto or have that in a secured environment and also allow you to share it in a way that you haven't been able to do it before. And we also want to make sure that you don't have to pay to do that. 
We're going to try to make sure you get paid because there's a lot of valuable data that's created by brokers, basically, and commercial real estate generally. So that's what we kind of want to get out there today. And, and Duke, you've been all over the tech scene for CRE around the country. There's a lot of new technology, a lot of money that's been invested in it, a lot of new companies. So to, to our audience, how do you pick which technology to use? I mean, there's so much out there. That's a really good question, and I hear this a lot from some of the people that are getting pitched by these tech companies, first of all, they want to make sure that they're going to be around for a while because you can come out and raise a couple million dollars and not be around in two or three days. What are they really, what's, what's the problem they're really trying to solve? And is it a real problem? And I say this a lot that most of the companies that are doing well, they have the, D, the real estate DNA. A lot of these people are coming out of real estate who understand what it is and what's going on and how to solve those problems. I think that's what they should look for, companies that have that DNA and then is it really usable? How does it fit in the stack of technology that they have now? If they're using Excel spreadsheets, they're using Excel spreadsheets because they work, and is somebody else just providing them a better way to do that, or are they really kind of disrupting or pushing the business forward? Those are the companies I would look at. Yeah, and I think one thing I hear you saying there is how the technology works with other technology, right? Very much so, and one of the things that's starting to happen now is integration. When I say integration, you've got Yardi, you've got uh, mapping, all these different things. How Do they have to all be in their own individual silos? I think the data part is starting to merge more together in a better way, especially from the analytics point of view. So I think that is probably the biggest thing that I've seen and the willingness to maybe use that data and collaborate in the ways that we haven't been able to do before. Okay, and the audience, I think one of the things they love, love that you do, they love a lot of things that you do on your blog and your podcast and all that. One of the things you put out a top 10 commercial real estate social media folks. Oh so, my God. So for the young people or the new people that are trying to, to maybe be in the top 10, what are some tips for them? Well, first of all, uh, be Michael Bull. So <laughs> that's how we get on here and get on the list. Create content, not so much create content, but create quality, differentiating content, have a point of view, uh, be consistent about it. And now some of the, the other generation, if I use that term, is starting to use Instagram in an amazing way. It's a huge environment. Uh, LinkedIn has its own points, but I think I think we're, we're I don't want to say maturing in the sense that you and I started this stuff when? Like way back when, yeah. when Twitter got started. And I've been on Twitter 10 years, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think we're maturing now to a different level of, we're now starting to interact a little bit more, so interact be more positive, show good quality content, and don't talk about your beer apps and all that stuff. I don't care about beer. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. Brown liquor, dude. <laughs> I remember when I first got on uh, social media and started messing around with it and, and posting things, even my own brokers and my own shop laughed at me. So what are you doing? That's not going to amount to anything. I guess it has amounted to something. Yeah, I mean, I was just talking to Ken Ashley, who's from Atlanta. He yeah. said he got a 385,000 square foot deal because of his, his working with some of the social media. Now, it's not your only pipeline, it's yeah. just one little piece of it. But how do people know? And just like some of the things that you're doing, and that's why you're on the list, by the way, it's a way of bringing inbound like never before. And I kind of came to it by accident by my writing. I didn't think about it that way, other than just ranting. But it's open doors for me that I would have never been able to get into. So why not utilize it? Yeah, Dude, great information. Thanks for joining. All right, thanks a lot, Michael. Are you a real estate agent? Hi, this is Michael Bull. Would you like consistent high income? Would you like to be the top producer in your office? Would you like to be known as the go-to broker in your market? Well, I have something for you. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.
Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show with the NAR Conference and Expo in Chicago. And I have Lou Nguyen with me. She's the NAR President's Liaison to Vietnam. Lou, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So what is the mission here, you guys, with Vietnam and NAR here in Chicago today? Um, what we're hoping to do is um, Vietnam is one of the collaborating partner with uh, NAR and NAR currently today have a collaboration partnership with over 60 countries um, with over 89 um, uh, corporate partnership and uh, Vietnam is one of those and our goal is to bring them here so that they can learn a little bit more about the US real estate um, for them to go back and um, set up the infrastructure for real estate in Vietnam because today they do not have um, any type of structure, real estate for buy and sell process. Okay, so is Vietnam an area that some foreign investors like U.S. investors are interested in investing? Absolutely. Actually, Vietnam is a place now is booming. Um, and if you follow the news, they are they have the two cities that's in the top 10 most dynamic cities in the world. Um, and that was rated by JLL earlier this year. And so that's one of the um, things that kind of bring more people more to Vietnam. Because in the past, Vietnam is known as more a tourism destination. But now it is more so of a real estate destination as well. Okay, so NAR, with your help and everyone, is helping in Vietnam, helping them get an infrastructure and helping them with their real estate development? Uh, yes, mainly it's more on the processes um, to set up the real estate industry. Um, uh, one of the biggest things that NAR provide the value to them is education. Um, we actually, last June, we got a grant and we did a class on code of ethics. We did two classes, one in Ho Chi Minh City and the other one in Hanoi, and both of those locations total, we had almost 2,000 people came up. Oh, that's fantastic. What about Vietnam investors in the U.S.? If we have U.S. people here with real estate or brokers or realtors and they want to work with people from Vietnam, what advice would you give them? Um, one of, for the um, Vietnamese, when they come to the U.S., uh, they, they love to invest into the U.S. as a safe haven. Uh, with the political situation, although Vietnam is very stable, but with everything that's going on with China as well as North Korea, that is a concern for them. And so they are looking for ways to uh, diversify their funding. Um, and so investing in the U.S. is huge, and it has always been a demand for the Vietnamese. And the biggest thing that they come to the U.S. today is first, um, with their school, their kids in the school here, um, and U.S. education is considered as a name brand, um, and so for them, first thing that's what they do: they bring their kids here for school. The next thing is they would invest in a home, and then a business, and then next thing you know, they get into commercial real estate. They buy um, shopping centers. Right. Yeah, I know. I see it in my practice. We're based in Atlanta, um, and you know, there's a lot of interest in in the U.S. And you said that the investors from Vietnam they're typically more historically interested in West Coast. Uh, yes, I think most of the Asian that you'll see that they usually populate more on the West Coast for the Vietnamese especially because that's one of the um, locations where many Vietnamese population or reside there. Um, and then secondly would be Texas and then Northern Virginia DC area would be the third. Um, but in the past they've been mainly uh, focused on the West Coast and we are working on an effort to bring more onto the East Coast. Yeah. And you're 
a broker in North Virginia, and your company does commercial and residential. So what do you think? you think you're going to have more uh, investors from Vietnam, more people kind of moving here and wanting to bring their children here and invest here? Absolutely. Um, that's always been a huge demand for the Vietnamese, and I think a lot of um, international folks um, in the past, uh, they work a lot more on the EB-5, and that's something that still is um, today. As a matter of fact, we had a Vietnamese company just invested in Seattle on an affordable uh, housing project in Tacoma Park, and the delegation came for that uh, groundbreaking ceremony. And with that, it comes with, I think, uh, 15 slots for the EB-5. Um, so that's huge for them. And a lot of the Vietnamese are very interested to come to invest, also to get a green card. But that's what we've seen a lot more in the past. But more and more now, we have people that come and approach us to say, look, we've got the money to invest. We don't care about the visa. Yeah. Just get us something to invest in. So that's a good that's a good sign. Yeah, so they're interested in investing even if they don't get a green card and don't move here. But the EB-5 program, that's a great program. And, and that's still moving forward. There, there's still a lot of interest in EB-5 from folks? Absolutely. There's a huge demand for that. And we actually have quite a few clients who came through and have already got their green card through the EB-5 programs. Um, but one of the latest news that we've been hearing is that the EB-5 may be sunsetting, or in the process of sunsetting, and I think uh, December uh, of this year we'll find out a little bit more uh, which direction that that's going to go to. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, Lou, thanks for joining. Thank you so much for having me. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We're at the NER Conference and Expo in Chicago. We're here with Chad Curry. He's with CRT Labs, which is part of the National Association of Realtors. And he just came out of a presentation on improving indoor air quality. And Chad, I think it's something that's very important. I'm so glad you guys are, are talking about this and actually doing something about us. Talk to us about some of the things you uh, presented today. Yeah, absolutely. So um, indoor air quality is two to five times worse than outdoor air quality. It's just by the nature of all the things around us, right? And we spend about 90% of our time indoors. So what can we do to help improve that? And so what we're looking at is how plants can help. There's two reasons why plants matter for us. Uh, one is uh, that they are pleasing to look at and they actually make people feel better uh, when they're around them. But also, these plants that we're looking at specifically can uh, fix uh, with chemicals in the air, things like formaldehyde, benzene, trichloroethylene, and all those things come from uh, all the things we have around us, uh, solvents, cleaners, uh, the, the tables, desks, uh, chairs, all that stuff. So it's important to think about how we can do this naturally and pleasing and in, a, in a pleasing way. So. And talk to us about some of the looks in these things that we can do in some of our office buildings and, and, and commercial spaces. Yeah, so there's a number of uh, different uh, ways to take care of this. Uh, first, I would have the conversation with a plant provider about what plants they would recommend to help remove certain chemicals and, and make sure they're familiar with the NASA study. Uh, you can find it on just certain NASA study air plants. Uh, you can do all sorts of arrangements and colors. That's the beautiful thing about this. Uh, you don't just have to have green. You can have greens and reds and, and darker shades of, of those colors, but also flowers as well. Uh, uh, chrysanthemums are one of the plants. Uh, so you can really make something very pleasing. Uh, I've seen people do logos sometimes of their companies in the walls, so it's very exciting. 
watering. Uh, but also, these can be uh, very low maintenance. You can have self-watering systems. Uh, there are freestanding plant walls that you can get that are self-watering. Looks like a little shelf that's filled with water, and it'll it'll regulate based on the amount, the need of water uh, for the plants. So a lot of options out there. Ours and our we built one into a cubicle wall. Ours we have to hand water, and it's not a big deal. It's one time a week. Uh, we just go through, make sure there's enough water in each one, and we're good. Yeah. And talk to us about indoor farming. You were talking about yeah. that earlier. Yeah, so vertical farming and indoor urban farming is going to be a big trend in the next uh, five to ten years. And in fact, um, you know, we were talking about autonomous vehicles in there. One of the things is we're going to need less parking spaces, so what do we do with those? So vertical farming uh, uses a process typically called hydroponics. Hydroponics essentially are uh, using LED lights tuned to the same wavelength as the sun to create photosynthesis for the plants. And on the back side, there's no soil. Water's being passed through with nutrient-rich water, the nutrients the plants need. The plants remove those nutrients and the water passes through. And they use about 97% less water than traditional agricultural methods, but it allows for fresh food. So a company called Plenty uh, just received $200 million in funding from Jeff Bezos, right? And they make vertical farms. He also just purchased uh, Whole Foods. So in the future, you can imagine you go into a Whole Foods, you actually see the plants growing on the wall, harvest what you want, weigh it, you pay per pound or ounce or whatever it is, and you go on your way, right? That'll be amazing. It's gonna be really amazing, yeah. yeah. So what else might we want to know about indoor air quality? What we can do about it? Because I think wellness in our space is gonna yeah. be a big thing moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's with the particulates. Uh, other things we can do is, as we understand how carbon dioxide builds up in our space, we can work to regulate that better. Um, you might have been in a meeting in a conference room where it feels very stuffy and you feel tired. Uh, it's not because it's a boring meeting, it's because you're recycling air. You're breathing in CO2 over and over. So air exchange is a big thing. The well standard requires, uh, the well standard being about the health of the people in the building, it's a requirement of that that you have some type of air exchange for quick uh, air exchange to pull in fresh, fresh oxygen. Uh, so people have uh, monitors where if it gets above 1200 parts per million of, of CO2, air's pulled in quickly to help freshen the room and help you feel more invigorated. And actually, you know, this is a, we don't realize it, but this actually affects productivity and how uh, uh, building sickness, you know, people get sick because of this. So having these types of air exchanges, looking at standards like well, uh, those are things you can do. Now, to have some more uh, CO2 removed, more plants, you know, I would say. And people, uh, I've had people here since they've seen our plant globe request more and more plants from us. So yeah. uh, they're very excited about that. Yeah, talk to us about this uh, plant globe. Oh, this yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, so we actually, um, IKEA, they have a lab called Space 10. And Space 10 designed plans for something called a plant globe. Uh, they call it a grow room, but they're from Sweden. They don't know what that means here, right? So we call it a plant globe. So plant globe. Um, you cut out the pieces. We worked with a makerspace, a CNC milling machine to cut out all the pieces, uh, and we assembled it here. Uh, it took us about two hours to assemble. There are no screws, there are no nails, there's no uh, glue. It's all peg and groove um, put together. Very simple instructions. I was surprised at how quickly we were able to put it up. We were thinking maybe it's going to take us half a day or a whole day to put up. Two hours, two of us in two hours. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And we'll have a, if you're watching this video, you'll see it. If you're listening to uh, the podcast, uh, we'll put a link to the Globe and some more information. So, Chad, for our commercial real estate audience, uh, what else are you guys doing uh, in the lab that uh, might be interesting to these commercial real estate folks? Yeah, so I've talked about before doing pedestrian and vehicle counts. Um, as smart city um, platforms come online, that's those are two of the things they're going to be monitoring. How many people and how many vehicles. And they're not going to do it in a way, they're going to do it in a way, excuse me, that, that uh, has privacy in mind. 
Um, we're working with Sidewalk Labs, which is a part of the Alphabet holding company, uh, which is Google. Uh, and uh, they are doing traffic and in, in vehicle monitoring to understand how, uh, uh, pedestrian and vehicle monitoring, understand how people move about spaces, right? This is going to be really key and will add value to commercial spaces. So as an example, at NAR, we were monitoring pedestrian and vehicle traffic in front of our building, and we were able to lease a space within two months of having that data. So uh, it's, very, it's very valuable data, and I would recommend if you have a commercial practice, you should consider having your own ways of doing this and not relying on the third parties to do this, because it's going to be big. It's actually going to help you reshape the way cities work. In reality. Right, and this technology is advancing, and the cost is coming down, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the, um, I don't have the numbers on the cost for sidewalk yet, because they haven't released it, but before we were paying about $60 per measurement point per month, which is not bad at all. I mean, that's, that's a very small cost, and we were using cameras off the shelf. Right, so that's not a that's not a, a big expense, and I think we can afford it in the commercial real estate industry. Right. Well, Chad, great information. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Michael. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, premier commercial real estate video services. BarnesCreativeStudios.com. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show with the NAR Conference and Expo in Chicago. I ran into Andrew Lomo. He's the Government Affairs Coordinator with IRAM, Institute of Real Estate Management. Now, he just spoke to a group about what's new in fair housing for rental properties. So, Andrew, what is new? <laughs> well, uh, not too much has changed as far as statutes go, but we did have some new guidance that came out about about a year ago, come from HUD, dealing with uh, criminal background screening and uh, rest history. Uh, as far as things like disability checks, that's actually very new. People are having to, they're asking for accommodations with when the rent is due because the government has changed the way disability checks are being issued. And it's not on the same day anymore, so they're asking for accommodation to coincide with the new date. And that one is still going through litigation process, but that one is a new thing that's kind of been up on the radar. So what is something that owners of rental properties, Andrew, might not think about and maybe accidentally cause themselves an issue? That's when we get a lot. And it's been a real big issue, uh, especially lately. Nothing has really changed, but with service animals and emotional support animals. There's a difference between a service animal and emotional support. As, uh, service animals are covered by ADA, which is public accommodation, and emotional support is under the Fair Housing Act, FHA, and they view service animals, emotional support animals, as basically the same thing. And there's a lot of misunderstanding as far as what's required, what can be asked. We have, especially the prevalence of the certificates that you can buy online for $25. And there's people who are going that route versus the where they're having a psychiatrist, psychologist. And that's been really, I guess, a lot of misunderstanding around what, as a 
property manager what you can require, what you can ask, and what kind of accommodations you're going to have to make. Interesting. So you guys at Irem have some great leadership in property management and asset management. Check out their uh, website. And um, so at your website, is there a source of uh, at Irem that the public can go to and get some more information? So maybe they don't have a mistake with fair housing that they didn't expect? Absolutely. We have we go to irem.org, uh, public policy section. And under there we have white papers, our policy positions, top legislative news section, we're always publishing things. Uh, and also we have a bi-monthly piece in the journal property management that uh, covers different issues time to time. And of course you're always more than welcome to reach out, contact us directly. We'd be happy to you know, help where we can. Yeah, Irem's a great group. We were just up at their convention a few weeks ago uh, here in Chicago as well. It's a lot of fun, a lot of great people. So if you're involved in property management or asset management, definitely check them out. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed our, our best of interviews from the National Association of Realtors Conference and Expo in Chicago. We sure had a great time in Chicago. What a great city. And NAR certainly put in a great convention. Uh, if you're a commercial real estate broker, you really should check out uh, the convention next year. It's going to be in Boston. It should be a fun. And I want to thank uh, everyone at NAR and the, and the commercial division uh, for welcoming us and setting up our interviews and, and making us such a, a big part of such a great convention. A special thanks to Jean Maday, uh, Shara Varner, and Jacob Nab. You guys put on a, a great convention. Uh, thanks for having us as a part of it. And again, make sure you're there for Boston next year. It should be fun. Uh, we hope to be there again. Uh, and until next week, we hope that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, CommercialAgentSuccess.com, Better Serve Clients, Earn More Commissions, Excelligent, Building Data Everywhere, Real Crowd, Crowdfunding with the Professionals, Get Valuate, Online Investment Analysis, Build Out, Marketing for Your Brokerage. For more information on these great companies, visit CREshow.com and you're invited to subscribe to the show on YouTube and iTunes and connect with us on your favorite social media.